it's all good. So, they're from the church where my second church, well, actually where I had my life saved. So, by way of parents, this young lady means a lot. She's like a sister to me, because they've been a lot like parents to me, and these guys are just absolutely amazing and wonderful friends. And so, Jen, you've been doing ministry how long? Well, my with, whole life. Almost. I mean, it depends on what that means to you. Right. I started doing vacation Bible school and things with my mom when I was in probably middle school, a little bit younger, doing five day clubs. So I've been brought up in all that. And then, then I was doing youth ministry for decades. Yes. So Jean, yeah. or, uh, Jen actually came and helped uh, as her kids were brought up to some prairie to do youth group with us for a little while. Jen would help us out. It was just a blessing to get to know her. Next thing you know, she's starting a ministry, Jen, Jen Squared. Yeah. And so there's another Jen is where you get squared. See that Jen, Jen and Jen is really yeah. clever. Um, so they're writing a book, and they're doing speaking engagements. And so as the ministry kicks off and things are getting going, I mean, it's what a blessing that, that we can bring one of the Jens in here. We can be blessed by the way that God is, is working on your life. Now, I prayed with this young lady over the phone last week, and I know how anointed and blessed she is as I started crying just as God is unloading and bringing revelation about what, what he's doing in her and through her. So it's my prayer that you guys just really take a moment, take a moment to just listen to what's going on, to what's being spoken, because I know that I know that I know that it will bless your hearts. I know that it'll bless your life. And so, Jen, I just want to pray for you real quick, and okay. we'll let you get underway. Thanks. So, Father God, we thank you so much for Jen. We thank you, Father God, that she is the woman that you created her to be, and she is walking into her calling. Mm -hmm. Father God, I pray that you would bring divine revelation, that you would just pour it out as you want, Father God. It doesn't matter about a clock. It matters about our time with you. So, Father God, have your way. Bless her. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, I'm, uh, thank you for that, friend. I'm going to start really quick by saying that this church is really pretty special. Um, there's nothing experienced like this other places that I am, and I wish more churches would just be like this, honestly. Amen. This feels really good. And I'll tell you another thing. I'll be very open and honest and let you know that normally... This is not my favorite thing to do. I would be needing to go to the bathroom several times, and I'd be pit sweating, and I'd be nervous, and I'd be doing, my knees would be knocking, and if you looked, you'd be able to see it. But I'm not nervous. And I think that, I think there's two reasons. Number one, I, well, I've been excited about this for a while, and Fred loves this church, and he has been talking about you guys like it's a family, so it's almost like I knew I was coming to a safe that was the first thing. But then this morning, my alarm was set for 8 in the morning, but my alarm, well, my internal alarm woke up at 7, and I thought I heard Dad say, morning, like that. And so I was like, oh, babe, how are you? I got up and um, got, like, my face washed, went downstairs and had coffee, and I was asking God. I already knew what I was going to be talking about, but I was like, what is my outline? What do you want me to specifically focus on? And I... Um, I'm just going to be straight. I don't think you guys are going to be cringy about this at all. I have this thing about pooping. I was a nurse for a long time. <laughs> Especially since I've been nervous. And if you're a nervous person and you have to go poop, it's just you get used to talking about it. And so I was, I call it, we call it the pooping toilet because it's the favorite toilet in the house for everyone to go poop. And I know everybody poops. So don't be shy about pooping. Well, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write that book. I'm telling you what, I am going to write the pooping toilet book. So I'm going to give you a little, little, just a little background, a little rabbit trail before I go into this little speech of mine, what happened to me this morning, which is, and why I think you guys are pretty special, and I think that God really chose this church for something special. Okay. So the pooping toilet came out of, my kids were growing up, and I, I homeschooled my two boys, and they 
or didn't like to read. And I'm thinking, how do you get boys to read? Well, I was somebody who had me go to some us born party online, and I watched a video and they said, buy a lot of books, buy a lot of good books, even if they don't, they're not that interested in them, that's okay, buy these books, put them all over, put them in the bathroom, put them in their room, put them on the tables. And I'm thinking, my, my house is already nuts. Like, how are we gonna do all this? Fine, I'll try. And so I started doing it. And I noticed that my boys were spending a lot of time in the bathroom and they just started loving to poop. And we started embracing the poop in our house. <laughs> and they just, and they, would, they would read these books and they would, I'd see them walking out of the bathroom with a book. And so I started putting God books in there, puberty books in there, car books in there. Hey, we gotta talk about puberty, you know? So we just started doing that. We started having conversations, and it all stemmed from what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. We all got to get the poop out, okay? We got to cleanse ourselves. And so that's what I was doing this morning. And I was sitting there. I was praying. I'm like, Jesus, blah, blah, and I was talking. And just like that, he gave me exactly what I was going to talk about. And see, the pooping toilet, I'm telling you, it's a prayer room telling you <laughs> use it as a prayer room if you can't if you think you don't have time to pray if you got time to poop you got time to pray That's <laughs> there's the book okay so i stepped out had my coffee sat down and in 10 minutes he gave me an outline and i have had zero fear today i normally am a, am a mess and i've had zero fear because i really think that god had a message for you guys and also just to be loving to me in all of this. And I was like, this church must be pretty special when I came. I was like, hugged by kids. And I'm like, okay, this is a pretty special place. Yeah, okay. So as you heard, I'm, I am co-writing a book called um, Your Way is Stupid. And I'm, you're going to find out that I am a crude person. I'm, I love Jesus with all my heart, but I just speak my mind. And... Um, I, uh, I, it's called your way is stupid. There has to be a better way. And honestly, I have hated that word for a long time. Like my ex stepdaughters, and they would use that in a really mean way. And so I would make them do push-ups. I was used to be in the military. So if they said nah, nah, or yah, or I know before I finished saying something, or they said stupid, they had to do push-ups. My girls got really strong. Let me tell you. And so we came up with this because we started realizing that so many times in our life we started kicking ourselves in the pants when we were making decisions and we were like, ah, oh, that was so stupid. Why did I do it like that? Why didn't I listen to God in the first place? So that's where this book came out of. But let me take a moment. I will share with you my family and a little bit about me. So trust the process, open, and no fear. These are statements that God taught us over the last couple of years, me and my, my ministry partner, Jen. And I'll give you a little background on that before I go into the message. This is my family. And we don't always look like this. We were showered and we did our makeup that day. <laughs> I did my makeup today, but if, if you came over to my house, you would see a different picture. But that's my youngest, Owen. This is his birthday on Monday. He will be 11. And then August is the next guy up. He's 13. Then Peyton is next to my husband, Brian. And, and she lives down in Dallas, Texas. And then Sydney and Luke. Sydney's our, my other stepdaughter. And then she's married to Luke, who we absolutely adore. And they're in South Dakota. Yeah. So this is this is my family. And this is the sad story about this is that they would not allow me to actually shoot my kids. I was actually hoping that we could shoot each other. But they don't let you because they might cry or something. I don't know. What? <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> yeah. So my dog Bear is on the top right, and I have to put a picture of him because he's so fun. He's a Cane Corso Italian Mastiff, <coughs> four in February. And then I love gardening, and we built a garden. My husband and I are big DIYers. We do everything ourselves, and so um, we got the skid loader out, and we made that. Okay, uh, up on that top right, I had the great honor of presenting because I'm a veteran. I'm an Army veteran, and so. I was able to present 
the Pledge of Allegiance when um, Vice President Pence came to Janesville, and that was a really great honor. I can tell you I did poop three times that morning. <laughs> there at the bottom is Jen and Jen. That's Jen and I, we were at our second event um, speaking engagement at a camp called Camp Jim in northern Minnesota. We had a lot of fun, so that's my ministry partner, Jen. And I have heels on. She's way taller than me. And, and then there's me. I did the Tough Mudder with my daughter, Peyton, our, my eldest daughter. And that got me back into shape. I used to do bodybuilding for a lot of years. I was really into it. And I don't do that at all anymore. But um, I try to at least do something. And that year, I, I was able to do the Tough Mudder. And it was a lot of fun. I didn't break anything. <laughs> and then this is uh, just a military photo. That's me. Um, it's called PLDC. I was learning to become a sergeant. And then there's a Black Hawk helicopter, and I'm on the far side over there. What was that? That was actually in Colorado. Yeah, Buckley. So, okay. Um, what guys <coughs> wanted me to talk about, for sure, and I think that what we all need to be talking about is, is fear. We're not going to spend a lot of time just talking about fear. We're going to talk about how we conquer fear. Well, what God was talking to me about in Luke chapter 22, I'm going to read that, but I just heard something else in my head that I'm supposed to say, so I'm going to tell you all about it. Okay. Luke 22, starting in verse 31. Simon, Simon, he's talking to Peter, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But, and I'm telling you, as much as I like poop, I like but, and not the but you're thinking of. I love the pause of but. There is a but Jesus, but God in so many scripture verses. And I love when I see a but in the verses because it's you're about to hear something pretty revolutionary. Okay? So Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but... I, Jesus, have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. What is so powerful about that is that Jesus knew that Satan was going to sift Peter like me. He didn't take that sifting away, but he did pray for him. And there is so much power in prayer. I want to talk about that as well. But here's what I want to, I'm going to share with you. So... I started having dreams that were unusual. I've had a, a handful of dreams in my lifetime since I was a child that were the kind of dreams that you wake up and you're like, whoa, it seemed like a supernatural kind of thing, maybe three or four. But in the last couple of years, I started having more and more dreams. And they seemed like spiritual warfare kind of dreams. So here's the one that I had probably a year after I had um, come into ministry with my friend Jen. Just a real brief background. My friend Jen, uh, her husband got into, he was in the youth ministry with him for several years. We lived in the same town, in a small town in southern Minnesota. And then she, they moved north and I moved to, back to Wisconsin. And her husband, they were in a big car accident. Jenny was pregnant at the time. The baby was okay. But um, Mark had a traumatic brain injury at that point. Their lives began to implode in numerous ways. That's a different story about us getting back, get, getting together. Um, connected, but the honest truth about it is that um, a dream brought us together. So here we are, this dream. At this point in my dream, I see Jen and I standing shoulder to shoulder, and there is like a crossroads and a, like a town. And in this town, it kind of looks like everything's bright, like somebody set it up for a movie scene. Think Back to the Future, kind of that era. And on the corner is this, the steps with a little church and a steeple and double road doors. I know that in that church it's dark, and inside that dark church are the walking dead, zombies, the dead-eyed walkers, that, I know that. And I have my two boys, and Jen has her, at the time, five children, right in front of us, and they're standing, and we, I know we are going to dispatch them into that church, and we are not going to. 
And as they start walking up the stairs and I see the door open and they're walking inside, I, I say to Jen, how will we know that they're going to be okay? And she says, whatever we've taught them will have to be enough. Okay. Ugh. That door closed and I woke up. I tried really hard. I don't know if any of y'all have tried to get back into a dream to try and solve the problem. I tried as hard as I could. I had to see my boys come out the door. And for the life of me, I couldn't. But being a prior service military person and growing up with that guy back there, I have had enough thoughts in my head of watching sci-fi movies and military movies and all these war movies. I'm like, if I love my children, I need to teach them how to fight and be prepared if they were ever into in a building where there are people who want to devour them. <laughs> True story, right? So, here's the thing. The devil wants to devour all of us. Do you know why? Tell me. Does anybody know why the devil would want to devour any of us? He doesn't want us to go to God. We're a threat. We're a threat. <laughs> Yeah, we're a threat to him. Why else? We're made in the image of God. That is it right there. We are a threat because we are made in the image of God. And God said, I, we represent God himself. Whether we're acting like it or not, we are made in the image of God. And so Satan wants to devour us. And Satan wanted to devour Peter because... We know from scripture that Peter was said by Jesus, he was the rock of which the church would be built. Back then they were facing all sorts of crazy things. And Peter is going to be a powerful speaker for the gospel of God after Jesus dies. Let me quickly go to another scripture. Mark 14, 29. talking to Jesus, and he's like, no matter who walks away, I will not leave you. And we know if you've read the Bible, you've heard some things about Peter, he's kind of like a hothead. I really kind of like him a lot, because he would say whatever he wanted to say. And so he promised that he would not, he would not turn away from God. Well, guess what he did? In God's greatest time of need. My son, my youngest son and I were talking about this this morning when he got up and he sat next to me. I was like, imagine if, if, I, if I said to you, I will never leave you, and then somebody did what was done to Jesus, to my baby. And he was on a cross. He was, he was beaten and he was put, wow. He was put on a cross and I was gone that day. I denied that I was even his mother. And I'm saying this out loud to him this morning, and I'm like, that is a big deal. And Peter did that to Jesus, who he loved so much, and he promised he wouldn't do that. And Jesus died, and Peter had to live with that. Satan knows a few things about the power of fear. I'm going to come back to that story. Let's read a few fear verses. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So what spirit did God give us? Anybody? Not of fear. Not of fear, but what spirits did he give us? He gave us a spirit of power. He gave the spirit of love, and he gave us a spirit of self-control. Okay, I don't have to go yet. This, okay, Psalm 34.4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. We know that Peter was not delivered from his sifting, but he, we, he can be delivered from our fear. That's huge, you guys. I'm up here not fearful right now. <laughs> That's amazing. It is literally amazing. We seek the Lord, and he answers us. That's not partially. That's all the way. He see, you seek him, he will answer you, and he will deliver you from your fears. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom 
shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? I love this one because to me, it's attitude. I'm like, I think you're right. I think you're right. You ask God to bring his angels down. Yes, Lock it all up. Thank you. That's right. The Lord is my light and my salvation. In the darkness, the enemy likes to go. Darkness is where things happen that are icky sometimes. And darkness can be fearful. The Lord is literally our light in the dark places of this world. And he is our salvation. We have a hope and a future. Whom shall I fear? When the devil starts speaking to you in your brain and he says <coughs> things, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You are a failure. You know what you say? You know what, devil? The Lord is my light. I will not fear you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. I am blocked from you, devil, in Jesus' name. Whom shall I be afraid? And these are the things we weaponize scripture. This is how we weaponize scripture. Psalm 118.6, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere, and I'm, I'm like always like, what can mere mortal man do to me? There have probably been a lot of people in this room that have had some hard things happen to them by a human, right? And you've got a story. But the Lord is with you. You will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to you? Amen. They can hurt the body. They can. Like you got, <coughs> you got something stronger in you. And these are the weapons of our warfare. Be strong and courageous. Oh, I'm sorry. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. These are military verses, you guys. Yeah. They, we, God is literally, literally our shield. And, and we know that the armor, how many of you are familiar with Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God? Yeah. Helmet of salvation. Breastplate of righteousness. Belt of truth. And then we've got, I know the sword. We've got our shoes to spread the gospel. Then we've got a shield of faith. faith. And we have the sword of the spirit, which is double-edged, and it cuts through the bone and marrow. I have heard a message recently that the double-edged sword, one is for the devil and the other one is for us. That extra one pierces through us so that we hear what God wants us to truly hear. And it does hurt a little, but it will not kill us. <laughs> yeah. Be strong and courageous. I love this one. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. This is the kind of thing I want my children. I want to say to them over at night. Don't be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He may feel like he's gone, but we don't live this life on we live this life on truth. Because truth on. is yes. what sets us free. And truth, and he's okay. I love dogs. And truth is truth is what gives us our firm foundation. When like girls, let me ask you something. When you're with your friends, are sometimes you guys get into some drama? True. And you're like, I am not your friend. Sometimes? <laughs> well, guess what? Not your friend today, and I am your friend tomorrow, and all this, that's feeling. Truth is the same every day. I want you to tell your friend. This is the one friend that I can actually That's awesome. I'm glad for that. And you know what? When you guys get to know each other, like truly, even through the thick and thin, even if you say something that you shouldn't have said to each other, you can apologize. You can make it right. You stand on truth saying, I am your friend for life. And I'm going to tell you about that. That's called battle, buddy. That's right. All right, so Satan knows a few things about the power of fear. Why do we have so many verses in the Bible? This is not even touching all of them about fear. Because God knew that we would have fear. God knew. So he's like giving us massive amounts of weapons of our warfare to take that bugger down. When he comes at us, the devil, to harm us, 
to trick us, to manipulate us, to break our relationships, to cause us to feel like, I hear this statement a lot, maybe y'all have said it, but I've heard, well, it is what it is. <laughs> it is, it must be the 2020 saying. I've heard it so many times I started saying, wait a minute, but isn't there a but God there? It is what it is. I'm just stuck here. What, you think, what, we're almost through what? She said that God will help us through Oh, that's right. I thought you were saying, I think she'd like some rapture comment or something. Okay. <laughs> She's prophesying. That's right. I know. <laughs> I don't even know it. So, when we, when we are, when we are stuck in an, in an is what it is, and I'm not judging, I'm not judging, but I want you guys to consider changing your mind. Because it is what it is, says, it. God ain't enough. That's what it is. What God wants us to say is, enough is enough. The weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds, casting out imaginations, and every high thing that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, and I will bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Do you know where the greatest war is between your ears? That is it. But you guys can conquer. You guys can conquer all of this. Let me continue. So Peter would already be feeling a deep shame. I think about that me with my son. I don't think I could live. I, I would think about that. How could I possibly live with myself if I would have allowed him to die alone? And I had just told him I would never leave you. Yeah, right? My son said something that was very interesting. He's like, Mom, Peter learned from his mistake, but Judas did not. Judas, Peter stepped in. I couldn't have been easy. The devil knew Peter's personality, and he knew how to talk to him. Peter denied Christ. He began to shame him, but Jesus had already prayed for him. He had already prayed for him, and so... Jesus was not, because even though Jesus was gone, Peter had been prayed for, his faith did not fail. So during his greatest time in need, you know what else happened? The junk that he was carrying came out. When you sift wheat, the old-fashioned way, they would get the wheat and they would put it out on like hard dirt or a hard surface, and they would either beat it like this, or the cows or the donkeys would like stomp on it and it would separate the wheat from the chaff. I'm sure you've heard that. Well then they would take the stuff that's left over after they did this threshing thing. They would put it in this bin that they made and they would just shake the ever living heck out of it. And then they would get all the dirt and the stones and the impurities out of it so they could actually work with something that they could eat. So technically Satan is Yeah. Because what does God do to the things that Satan does to us? Do you know? Does anyone know that verse? He does make you heal through it. But he makes good. What the devil meant for harm, God makes good. That's right. Did you know that one? Yeah. That's right. You're right. So when we're going through hard times, the reality is every single one of us has been through hard times. Every single one of us. And it won't stop until the day we die. We are in a fallen, broken world with fallen, broken people. We are also, at times, acting fallen and broken. But the reality is we do have a great God that lives inside of us, and we don't need to stay there, and it does not need to own us or define us. Okay. So sifting was meant to break Peter. And um, he, I write down in this note, he will go after, the devil will go after our greatest gifting in order to keep us ineffective. Does any of you, do any of you know like an area in your life that you know that you're gifted but you have like your greatest fear in that space? Mm -hmm. <coughs> Loving yes. others. Loving others. Thing is, I um, 
I do believe that I was meant to be around people, to speak to people, and tonight uh, being able to talk to other humans is really exciting for me because I didn't particularly like humans because I've been hurt by humans. <laughs> and because I've been hurt by humans in my, especially my younger days, I'm telling you, I think the devil really works on younger people because if he can hurt you when you're young, it carries over into your future and then you get all locked up in the day-to-day -day, and that hurt comes with you and it kind of owns you and it kind of defines you but we got to snip that in the butt and I had a massive amount of fear now people told me that they couldn't tell that I had fear of people but I had fear of people and so having to sit and thank you for asking me to sit down and have meals with you guys I would not normally want to sit down with people I didn't know. I'm like, how do you even talk about stuff? I don't know. It does get better. I did not know that, and I avoided it like the plague. If somebody asked me to go to a baby shower, I'm like, I am not going to go to a baby shower. I am not going to go to a birthday party. I am going to wedding, bridal showers. I hated them. I hated them. But in the last year, God's literally healed me of that, mm. and um, and it was in an instant. That's a different story for a different time. It's in the book. But uh, the the thing about it, God can heal these things. And what I realized is where I was the, the greatest place that I was. What God wanted to develop develop in me was where I had my greatest fear. So it's where I was prevented from actually stepping into the calling that God had in my life. And I guarantee you, that is the same thing for every single person. A lot of people have taken the fears that Satan has given them. And they've used it You're saying Satan uses the fear against us? Oh, tell me how. You got this, girl. <laughs> once I can't remember if this was on like some movie my kids watched but you have scary like a scary movie or yeah. scary dream and if you make that thing into something funny then it no longer I'm not afraid of it anymore and um, I there is a really old movie if any of you are um, in a, a did anyone see the movie Labyrinth yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. it's not that old Thank you. It's pretty weird. It's huh? one where the kid gets kidnapped, right? And then the girl has yes. to go to the lab. Yeah, yeah yes. I remember watching that. Yeah, David. Thank you. I also remember watching Halloween Town and all those. those. Well, I love that movie. There's a part. Does anyone remember the part that she couldn't remember in the beginning and she uses it? What does she say? Do you remember what she says? Do you remember what she says? Do you remember what she says? Okay. So there's a girl who loves practicing this fantasy book, and as she's practicing it, she's like, you know, like it sounds very medieval. This, and she's kind of in her own. She dresses up kind of medieval, and and she's in her own little head play, and she speaks these lines that she's memorized. But there's one line that she keeps forgetting. She finally looks at her book, she catches it, and it's like, you have no power over me. Oh, how do I keep forgetting that? As she goes through this movie. She gets she has a bad attitude, or her little brother is kidnapped by this guy, David Bowie, who really needs to get pants and not wear leggings. Anyway, she has to go through these mazes, and there's all these distractions along the way that are saying, Come this way. Oh, forget about that. And all along <coughs> the route, she's being they're they're trying to take her off her, her mission yeah. to save her brother's life and the purpose and the calling for her life. And at the very, near the very end, when she's almost made it to the end, she's passed all these tests. She's, he, um, David Bowie in this, whatever he is in that moment, he is, dresses her up and she looks like a princess. And he looks like a prince only with leggings. And he's, <laughs> they're dancing. And he, you can tell that he's seducing her. The devil's a seducer too, by the way. And he was seducing her. You know why? Because she gets her mind off of her, the plan and the purpose for her life. She gets locked into the lie and the 
that space. So he's trying to make her forget. He's trying to make her forget. Yes. That's all he needs. He just needs to distract us. So as she's about ready to kiss him, she you see her duck. That's right. And she remembers her line. She says that everything becomes reality. She sees him for what he really is. And all the ugly garbage that's all around them, everything comes into reality. And she sees all this. I suggest getting just check out that movie. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, she's so right. This is such a spiritual connection. Anyway, everything, he, she sees the garbage. She sees the David Bo Hi, God. Back off, Satan. I will not listen to you in the name of Jesus. And you have to Say it out loud and say it. You hear a lie, you start feeling bummed out, you take that thought captive and you say, get out of my head, Satan, right now. I am the daughter of the Most High God. I will not receive that lie you said about me. He, I am made in the image of God. And I, I will own and conquer this world through Christ who gives me strength. you got to start memorizing these verses. It is your weapon. Come on. Yeah. Okay. So when something bad happens, we have three choices. I have this little um, picture thing, wooden thing, and it's number one, you can let it define you, you can let it destroy you, or you can let it strengthen you. So this is where Owen and I were talking. Peter chose to let it strengthen him, his hard times, his sifting, but... Judas, what did he let it do? Not it destroyed him. And if you let it define you, you will sit and wallow in that space for an extended period of time. That definition, I can't do such and such because I this is the common one. I can't pray out loud because I'm not as good as so and so. I can't I can't go up and sing in front of anybody because they might make I can't, I can't go to a baby shower because I won't know how to talk to people and I might sit at a table by myself and people think I look weird. Just name it. I, we can no longer tolerate those definitions. We have to know what God, who God says that we are and we got to own it. Get a t-shirt. Put a tattoo, a fake tattoo on yourself. <laughs> okay. Actually, I will say this, as long as your parents are okay with it, I have done this on my children. My son, Owen, struggled with a lot of self-doubt and self, I call it deprecation. He hated himself. I'm like, how, who is telling you this? Obviously, the devil hates him so much and would say these awful things. He would want to hit his head. He would want to choke himself. He was young. Why was he wanting to do this? Since he was very young, he would try to hit his head. I'm thinking, what is going on? How does the devil want to steal my son from me? I was not okay with it. And so I had to start figuring out. I couldn't just tell him, stop doing that. I mean, I tried that. It didn't work, by the way. But it was getting worse. And I'm thinking, I might have one of those kids that I come into his room and he's not on this earth anymore. You know what I'm saying? I started fearing that. I'm like, I was desperate. God you tell me what am I supposed to do with my son? How am I supposed to save him? I can't I can't figure it out. I tell him things like I love you, you're super smart blah, 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 and he would still just hate himself. So you know what we did? I'll tell you what we did. We wrote down every single lie that he heard about himself and then one by one we said that lie we rebuked it. Spirit of self-hatred. I rebuke you. You have no power over me. Get out of my life right now in the name of Jesus. And then we would go down. And after we were done going through all those reviews, we brought in every good thing that God said about who he was. It was the first time I saw he would have a dark anger. It, was, it wasn't showing up hardly at all. It came again several months later, and we dealt with that. And ever since then, he's been free. My son is growing in his giftedness. He is loving. He is sleeping through the night, not having nightmares anymore. <coughs> the devil wanted to do, devour my son. I'm not okay with that. And we should never be okay with that. 
Failure for Peter was the catalyst that brought faith, greater faith, and true servanthood. So, his failure, him rejecting God, it was a mistake. It was a bummer choice. And it sucked and it hurt. But the reality was he had an opportunity to learn from that mistake, apply God's truth, and then rise up out of it. And he became greater in his faith. Sifting allows the imperfections of our faith to be removed. Here's another thing I wrote down. Are we being sifted because of our own stupidity or God's presence? <coughs> so here's a good question. We won't go here for too long. But how many of us have put ourselves into stupid places or hung out with not the best humans that take us down the wrong road, right? And so we find ourselves in a bad situation. And sometimes we're mad at ourselves and sometimes we want to blame others because it really sucks to blame yourself because it's hard to admit when we've done something wrong or we blame God. How could I be in this situation? Where were you? But the reality is we got to own it. And then we got to present it before the Lord, lay it at the cross, and Jesus like, I've got it. I, I died for your sins, past, present, and future. You don't have anything else to worry. So we say, God, look, here's what I did. I'm so sorry. Teach me from it and get up, rise up. So in the military, I wrote this down. In the military, they break you so that they can fill you and make you great. In basic training, the whole goal is to push you past your limit. They talk about muscle failure. Pushing, pushing, pushing. You think, I can't do anymore. You always have more in you. It's a weird thing. Your mind has up like control over you. So you'll be doing push-ups and push-ups, and you can't quit because if you quit, they might make you stand up, and then they'll smoke everyone else because you're no longer doing the push-ups, and so they'll make you the person that everyone hates. So everyone else has to get, when I say smoke, they make you do a bunch of push-ups and sit-ups or running, or they yell and scream and do all these things, derogatory. Well, the whole goal is not only to make you become meshed as a team, to almost be like together against your drill sergeants, but it's also to empty you of yourself. Stop caring about yourself. It's not about you. We own you. Uh, that's the military. But I've seen a spiritual connection to that with God. We get sifted. We get pushed to our limits. We think, I cannot take any more of this. You always can. And God will get you through it. And this is, this is why we all need each other. We're battle buddies. This is why we're the body of Christ. We pray for one another. We have all been hurt or had hard times. We have the opportunity to pour into each other's life. Jesus prayed for Peter so that his faith would not fail, and he declared purpose over his life. Peter would not stay broken. How many of you have been sifted like wheat, like shook, and you felt the foundations of your house were going to fall? I would say many of us have at least experienced it, or you know somebody who has, and you're like, I do not know how I'm going to make it through this. Sometimes we go to things of this world that don't bring us the help. They help us forget for a little while, but they don't solve our problems. That may make you feel good in the moment, but it will not deal with the final issue. We have got to deal with it, and we, the only person who actually heals us is Jesus. How does that work? Go to these verses and just start saying them over your life. Because people say, Okay, Jesus, I don't really know. My life sucks. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Just help me out of this. And sometimes that's good. It's a good place to start. But the reality is, go into the Bible, find some verses, say who God says you are. Start with your identity, and then start telling the devil to go pound sand in Jesus' name. the sifting. It is fearful to be sifted. It's fearful to go through stuff. And um, when we're being tormented or hurt, when I saw my friend Jen and her husband going through all sorts of stuff, they were being sifted really hard. And daily, she was telling me something. And I'm like, how could anyone survive what they are going through? But you know what I did? I was like, okay. I don't understand it, God, but you are a good 
So I would just go back. We, we didn't understand it. We were like at a loss for words. So I went to the Bible for my words. Okay, God, you are a good God. You never leave us or forsake us. God, we believe that you are not leaving Jen. And I pray that she believes that you have not left her. God, heal this space. God, you know, bring some hope here in Jesus' name. And double, wherever you are, you get out. You get out in Jesus' name. I started learning how to take back what you esteem. And it, was, it took us time. I did not know what I was doing when I first stepped into being a prayer warrior and a battle buddy for Jen. But all of us have this opportunity to do it for ourselves and for our children. When your children come home and they're crying and they're broken, you take a moment and you say, what lies are you believing about yourself right now? And we're going to deal with them. Let's speak that lie, that spirit of whatever negative thing. Be gone in Jesus' name. And you are the daughter of the Most High God. Don't you ever forget it. You were made on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. It is so valuable. And you know what? You will believe it. It will change your trajectory, and you will find breakthrough. Okay. We have a choice. Choose to rely on God through it or go it alone. My dad says something. I've said a lot of things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a, he, I'll tell you this. Put it this way. If my dad was the one that was going to punish us, I was almost like, could mom just spank us already and get it over with? Because he just would talk and talk. And that's all the analogy. Just give me the spanking and let's move on. But I did learn some things from him. And um, one of those things was, he's like, there are things in your life that you have to do. You just have to do it, right? And you can either do it and like it, you can just do it, or you can do it and hate it. He's like, I choose to do it and like it. Because if you got to do it anyway, and you choose to do it and hate it, life is going to suck. That thing is going to even suck more, your day is going to suck, and you're probably going to have a bad relationship because you have a sucky attitude. And so you're saying all these things, and you get so grouchy, and by the end of it, you're mad. You probably didn't do a good job. You're going to have to do it over anyway. People are mad at you because you've been a mouthy brat. And then um, it wasn't, you didn't learn anything. And it's everyone else's fault and blah, 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 blah. But if you just do it, you just get it done, fine. Whatever, move on. And you go to the next thing. That's fine. But if you do it and like it. Now, did you guys know that the joy of the Lord is actually a weapon? What does the Bible say about the joy of the Lord? Yeah. So. There's actually a biblical principle. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that, Adam? Oh, he knew it. <laughs> but the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we have to do something, as hard as it may be, we have the opportunity to do it and like it, and we own it, and then the devil can't use us and manipulate us and break us down. We actually take his rights away when we do it and we like it and we do it in the joy of the Lord. It is an honor. It is. And I'm learning that. The more I go, I step into this. So don't waste your sifting. All of you, all of, all of us who have been sifted in our life, don't waste what your sifting time has brought into your life. Don't give up and don't give in, but don't waste it. Ask God, what did you want me to learn from this time? It hurt really bad. Heal these broken spots in me, God. What you want me to learn, because we have to grow from it. That's the whole idea. Otherwise, the devil wins. He wins. I hate him winning stuff. It sucks. That, um, that song, that first song that we sang by Casting Crowns, Oh My Soul, it says, there's a place where fear has to face the God you know. That feels so good. The devil is afraid of you guys. It says, the devil walks around like a roaring lion. He's like one. He is not one. We have the lion. I, okay, I know I keep bringing up movies. I'm very visual. Okay, how many of you seen Shrek where all the princesses were locked up and, and then Snow White is in? She's like, Okay, and here's the big tree, and all of a sudden, she does this. 
<laughs> Every time I'm in this bad space, I hear that song, Little Led Zeppelin comes in, I'm like, oh, it's on, devil. I do not want you in my life. And I get that Led Zeppelin starts playing in my head. See, God can bring, bring all that stuff together. So what do you guys think? I mean, share with me. Oh, it's out of space. Share with me your own thoughts as you as you go through this, and don't be afraid. First thought, best thought. Oh, you're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. What ha what has happened in your life where you have seen like you've done it right, you've done it wrong, or how, what you even thought tonight? Did God implant something in your mind tonight that said, "All right, okay, this is something I got to deal with." Fred, Fred did that for me, you know, 
talking about this uh, when we were doing the book there is there is active faith and there's passive faith so passive faith is yeah you're going to heaven but that's it you're not living in the power that you have to weaponize scripture to tell the enemy to get out of your head to even listen to your friend tell you some good advice all of that stuff it's passive passive is um, I'll give you an example so I I hurt my shoulder. I had gone to see an acupuncturist because they give me a shot, and it didn't. After a year, my pain came back. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll do acupuncture. So I go there, and she says to me, "You're stressed out." I'm like, I'm not stressed. I am a joyful person. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know what you are talking about. I can see it. You're not doing that. I felt like I was pretty chill, and I was like, she says you carry it a lot of stress. I said, well, what are you talking about? Well, she had noticed that, I don't know what, how she figured out, but anyway. So we it got me thinking. And she was talking to me also about exercise. Now, obviously, I told you I've been a bodybuilder for a lot of years. Yeah. So, But I wasn't doing that anymore. She wasn't telling me I had to. But she was telling me that your body, she's like, your core is getting weak. And so because your core is getting weak, other parts of your body aren't working the way that they should. And so she's explaining things. And she says, she goes, well, what do you do well, you know, during the day? I'm like, I don't know if I get, if I'm thirsty, I get up and I go get a glass of water. If I, if I, I do the laundry and I bring the laundry up and down the stairs, I'm like, that's pretty good. She says, that's passive. I was like, well, I get winded. <laughs> <laughs> that is passive. Though. But it's passive exercise. She says, ex active exercise is actually doing, doing actually muscle burning where your muscles are getting fatigued to the point that you actually might get your heart rate up and you stay there for a little while you're actually doing something to build your muscle or to get your heart rate and actually do some kind of activity okay try instead of taking a car just go walk to one place that you gotta go that's a good idea i'll see you <laughs> so in the when i apply that to faith Active faith versus passive faith. Active faith is actually digging into the Word of God. Most people do not feel like reading the Bible. Most people don't. By the way, there's a lot of apps out there on your phone. Look up on Google. Let's say you're dealing with something. Let's say called stress. So, okay, I'm stressed out. Just go on Google and look for verses that have something to do with stress. Okay. Now you've just done that. That's, a, that's active step one. Now there's some verses there, so look up those verses. There is going to be some verses that speak to you, or even if they don't, write them down, write them on your on your arm, write them on a piece of paper, write them in a pooping toilet, wherever you're going to see it, and then say to yourself, I'm going to memorize this first because I'm struggling with this, and so every time you start feeling it, say it. The only way for breakthrough is to push through. If you have not received your breakthrough, you're not finished yet. Don't stop. The devil never stops. We have not. We can't stop. We don't stop until God takes us home. Okay, that's it. Let me pray. Um, and if you guys want to pray, let's pray every 
each other. Let's put our hands on each other. Let's deal with some stuff tonight, for those of you who want to. Heavenly Father, I pray a blessing over everybody in this building, to include me. I don't want to be forgotten either. I will receive your blessings. Lord God, we pray that you would rain down and give us the words, give us the, read the memory. Hey, open up the scriptures so that I can weaponize the scripture against the devil. He is only like a lion, but he is not one. We have the living lion living within us. And when you open your mouth to our mouth, God, he flees. He has to. It's a rule. So, God, I pray that you teach each one of us how to continue to fight this fight and that we will come out victors. You have told us we are already more than conquerors. We have to believe that we've already won it, even when we are in the midst of it. And, God, give us all this understanding that we have each other as battle buddies. We are, to, we are called to pray for one another. We are called to give each other good 